0: Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, clever investors? Welcome back to the clever investor show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the OG clever investor. And we have a very special guest here in the studio today. We got the amazing Max Jimenez here with us, who happens to run my wholesaling business. This guy has been a real estate investor for about six, seven years, yeah. full-time, yep. has a very extensive background in sales, persuasion, influence. And he's just a badass closer. <laughs> and he's revolutionized the way our wholesale business is working, performing. He's getting it back on track. You know, uh, if you guys have been following me for any length of time, you guys probably heard that like June of 22, 22? Mm -hmm. The world kind of fell apart when it came to real estate.
1: Absolutely. Everything
0: pulled back. Interest rates shot up. The, you know, all the buyers moved to the sidelines. Everything just changed. And our wholesaling business went. (laughs) We were doing about 200 to 200 and a quarter in profit, 225,000 per month in profit down to about (laughs) $35,000 per month in one or two months. Like it just fell off a cliff. And it took us a long time kind of scrapping and brawling our way back. And we didn't even get to like 75, 80K a month in wholesale profits till December. So from June to December, we were sucking big wind. Oh, yeah. But it still never rebounded. Correct. But now we're back on track, baby, because
1: we got Max here back on the team. Absolutely. I call it, uh, uh, the skating down the hill stopped. <laughs> right. Jeez Louise. So it was like, it was easy. You know, you lock up deals and you sell them <laughs> without well, you, any effort. You know, what sucks
0: is on the ride up, man, it feels good. Oh yeah. You're cashing checks. You're yeah, making yeah. profits. Everything feels good on the way down, man. It oh, sucks. Yeah. The culture breaks, the team, the team momentum, everything shatters. People are starting to look for other jobs. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're panicking. Yeah. It's almost like you're underwater, like trying to grasp for air. Yeah. And you can't even get clarity long enough because you're just like in defense. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, but then you came in. And so I wanted to have this conversation. I wanted you on here. So I'm super okay. excited
1: that you're here. Me too. Thank you for having me, by the way. I appreciate it. This is awesome. You know, you're wearing the right hat. <laughs> it course. says champions on yeah. it. it. You know, I hear something funny about this hat. Somebody asked me if I was a Bulls fan. And I said, you know what? I was a Bulls fan for a period of time, but I'm a bigger fan of champions, of winners. Let's go, baby. Well, we want to win. And so I want to have the conversation with you about winning and
0: what we're doing in our wholesaling business to get things back on track. I want to bring some of that closer energy here because you've been kind of known. You made a name for yourself in our space as being a closer. You performed in what we call the closer Olympics, which is a annual event that a bunch of wholesalers put on. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a hey, stop talking about it. Yeah, Let's exactly. be about it. Let's yeah, yeah, go out there exactly. and actually prove yeah. to us. Yeah, your theories work that on the reels that you make. <laughs> that, yeah, that you can actually get on the phones, yeah. bang the phones and lock up deals and close deals. Absolutely. And you, you've you actually performed in that. And yeah. how many people
1: are in the Closure Olympics? So typically the finalist uh, competitors about anywhere between 12 to 14. Um, so I competed two years in a row. First year came in third place, got the bronze medal. Uh, second year uh, came in uh, top four. So nice. out, of, out of the 12 to 14. I mean, it's, it's yeah. cutthroat. I mean, oh, these yeah, guys yeah, are, they're, they're killers. Absolutely. Yeah. You got the best of the best. And not only that, you have to remember it's, everything is condensed down to a 30 minute window. So it's highlighted, right? Everything you do is highlighted. <laughs> like anything you mess up on and you're just being bombarded with like comments and, and, and you got the judges judging you, but it was incredible experience. And I'm glad that I was able to at least place the first year and be in the top four uh, second year. Yeah, so that's yeah. great, man. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: uh, you came over. To us, um, you're local here in Arizona. Yep. You came over, started working with us. And right away, you did some pretty big radical shifts. Absolutely. Right? Because we didn't have our meeting cadence right. Yeah. We didn't have our KPI tracking
1: really dialed in. Yep. Um, just culturally, you had to get things back on Absolutely. track. Yeah, yeah. I think the number one thing, especially when it comes to sales teams, is understanding there has to be accountability with organization, right? And you know, one of the things that I uh, and I'll get into this a little bit more later if you want to get into this, but uh, you know, not only did I learn about wholesaling, I've actually invested in myself a lot. Went through five and a half years through the Soundler training system, so got extreme, extreme, extremely with my craft, uh, extremely well with my craft, and invested in my craft. So I learned a lot there, right? Not only about tactics and strategies, but also what drives. Uh, salespeople's behaviors. What is it that they that what are what are things that you can learn from from your attitudes and then implementing the strategy. So definitely, you when when you have a sales team, you have to have some some, some type of accountability, right? And with accountability comes also uh, the accountability from the company to the salesperson. Because if you ask a lot, if you ask business owners, especially in sales teams, what are your, what is your team's KPIs? Most people don't think about that. Mm-hmm. What are their key performing indicators? What drives them? What, what is it, what moving, what motivates them to get up in the morning and come in and bang out the phones for eight, nine hours a day. So we have to get that fixed first. So the first thing I did was I had a one-on-one with everyone. That's the first thing I did. And I have a set of questions that I ask them, see where their mindset at. What was crazy is we had one person actually leave that day because of the conversations we had. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right. So we have to dig deep into the mindset and allow people to express themselves, especially salespeople, whether they want to go for this ride because the transparency is like changes are coming, whether you want them or not. Yeah.
0: And sometimes you need to bring in an outside source to, to create that change. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's been fun to the last couple of months just yeah, to watch yeah. everything shift. Absolutely. Uh, starting to get back on track mm-hmm. to where we're locking up, you yeah. know eight to 12 contracts a week. Absolutely. Now we're in the game again. Things are like, okay. <laughs> Feels I good, could, right? <laughs> you know, you know, we're done and we want to do 150 oh, deals yeah. Oh, yeah. over the next 12 months. Wholesale yeah. deals, right? Yeah. And our,
1: what would you say our average wholesale profit is right now nationwide? So what I'm looking at right now from different sources and our numbers, somewhere around between like 17,500, 18,000. So, I mean, if you
0: think about that, yeah. 150 deals, we can get even 15K exactly. a deal yeah, yeah. times 150 deals. I mean, I don't know what that is. I'm not that good at math.
1: I just cash <laughs> Somewhere checks. in the north of two, some two million, somewhere around there, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, sounds good to me. Like, let's
0: bring in some some millies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and uh, so in order
1: to do that,
0: though, we got to be closers. Absolutely. So what does it mean going through all that Sandler sales training? And sure. I remember... I was doing some of those methods. I didn't even know it. You know, some of them like- <laughs> Most
1: people do. Like, like if you had a magic wand. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Like yeah, the yeah. magic wand. Let's clothes. pretend, right? Yeah. So most people do, but they don't realize where they got it from. And I, you know, I can tell you, anybody who I watch, I can say, okay, that method came from Sandler, right? Like I, you could tell right away.
0: Yeah, so going through all
1: that, what makes a closer? Sure. You know, that's a great question because- um, are, you, are you born with it? Or is this a skill absolutely you Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Their closers aren't born. They are made. However, there are individuals that actually uh, have certain skill sets that make them a little bit better than others, sort of like, are you a resourceful person? Because let's be honest, you have to have some type of it. like you got to have you got to have it. You got to be able to tell whether I'm sitting in front of Cody and Cody's starting to fidget a little bit or he's getting a little bit uncomfortable. You can't just check boxy, right? You have to have that little bit. Could it, it can you train them in that skill? Yeah, they just have to be really coachable. But going back to your question is, closers are made, right? I wasn't a closer. I don't have this extensive, like long 20 year career of sales. Right. And so, you know, but I was coachable. I was a student. I wanted to get better. And, um, and knowing that the only way I was going to get better is to actually go and invest in myself. So the first thing that I always talk about is, um, driving behaviors. It's a big, 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 uh, thing when it comes to salespeople. Right. Because what happens with salespeople is they tend to kind of want to go out and do their own thing or they tend to want to you know, deviate from what the actual plan is. So, and you said, you said a very, uh, good word earlier. You said the cadence and rhythms, right? And I'm a big believer in what I call sacred rhythms. And that includes like the meetings that includes the trainings and everything. So the, we have to figure out what, what are the behaviors that we can implement to drive these individuals to be better? Because we're not just wanting people that are going to read from a script, right? Because we can hire anybody. We can hire VAs for that virtual assistants, which most, most people did. What we want to do is how far, can we push this individual to drive them to do the behaviors every single day so they can see the outcomes, not only making them better in their position, but also them personally, right? That's the first thing. And I, I came up with the system called PASS, which is plan, attitude, and strategy. And what happens, a lot of sales trainings make the mistake to where they put strategy first, right? So you have strategy, which is your tactics, your scripts, your one-liners, uh, you objections. you had objections, a magic wand, overcoming yeah. objections, And I think it's a disservice to people who actually who have uh, a a great skill set that you can develop because we need to first get them to see, uh, get them to start buying into the behaviors, right? Uh, The plan. What is the company plan? What are the behaviors? When you talked about the scorecard, talked about, you know, their goals. Oh, here's the other thing, too. Not only did I have one on one with our team, I actually made them write out what are their goals for the next 90 days, because that's what they're working for. The company's numbers are always going to be the company's numbers. What are your, what do you want to accomplish in the next 90 days? So what that does, it now allows me to come and talk to you and say, hey Cody, is what you're doing right now, is that going to get you the, is that going to get you closer to taking your mom to that trip, right? Now I can coach from that aspect of it. So that's the plan. And then the second thing is that once they have that plan in place, guess what? Now your attitude's a little bit different. You come into work, I got my 90 day goals. I, I'm more competitive because I'm seeing the scorecard of everyone else. Now we can talk about strategy, tactics, and everything else that can go out and be implemented based around those other two things. Yeah, I love that, and
0: it's that framework you can plug anybody into it. Absolutely, you know. And and this is what I love. Sometimes I love when they're not already trained salespeople. Absolutely, because you can yeah. infuse them with the culture. Yeah. You can use yeah. their youthful enthusiasm, and yeah. they're kind of they're a little bit naive so it's exactly. like hey this is the we're, we're gonna, we we're don't have to like shed off yeah. old behaviors it's exactly. like listen here's just some some new muscle we want to develop yep. so just rinse and repeat this yep. culturally we're planting you know our, our belief system into yep. it yep, yep. you know for me i was naturally outgoing sure but i was also extremely analytical got it so it was like this weird combo of like i <laughs> wanted to like run out there and like put Ooh. on a show but i also Hesitated, procrastinated, yeah. overanalyzed, overprepared, yeah. overthought everything. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me to break through some yeah. of the, these, like, and I think a lot of people have this in they them do. where there's like yeah. two things battling against each other. Yeah. They want so badly to be great and dominate and be a closer, yeah. but they want a hug at the same time. You well, know, they that's,
1: yeah, they that, want just a little bit of reassurance from absolutely. Their, 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 their people around them. Absolutely. It, what's funny about that is my, my problem was I wanted to be great, but I also, I also didn't have the patience. So I would be on the phones and then I would, I would, if I didn't hear like within the first two to three minutes of the things that I wanted to hear from my prospect, I was hanging up and I was moving on pretty fast. And so that was the thing that I had to overcome. Um, and I went to my sales coach and I asked them this because you're right, people do battle with two things. And, and, and and so I went to him and I said, hey, here's my situation here's my problem. And he goes, I don't want you to lose that aggressiveness. He says, because that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna spring you forward. But he goes, be nicer. And I'm like, what does that even mean? What do you mean be nicer, mm-hmm. right? His name was Brad and my sales coach, he's still, he's still around. He says, I want you to give it some more time to, to evolve, the sales call. I want you to give it a little bit more time. I want you to keep the aggressiveness. So as I started doing that more and more and work on my craft and practice and take action, I then started to see like, now I'm making the adjustments but here's the problem um, with with a lot of uh, salespeople when they are on sales calls, they get involved too emotionally. You got to stay out of your emotions. Got to stay out of that call, right? The way you think, the way you analyze, how you would purchase something, the way I would look at something, purchase it. We have to leave that out. We have to. When we're on a sales call, we cannot bring ourselves in in into that call because then we're gonna make decisions for the seller like we would be doing it, like mm. we would be buying it.
0: Yeah, I. Definitely had to get out of my own way. Sure. My self-limiting beliefs were were pretty big in the Absolutely. beginning. Absolutely. Um, in fact, i i I would I would much prefer for somebody else to do the selling. <laughs> I'll right. run the operations and the tactical shit in the background, but yeah, I was forced to get out in front. Yeah, as a real estate investor specifically. You, you're you normally a solopreneur when yeah, you first start. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Uh, and my mentor Lyle was pushing me hard to, to, to and he and he used to say, listen, Cody, it's your obligation. Stop looking at that. Like I used to do an, an apologetic
1: okay, right, sale. Right.
0: Like almost like I was bothering somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: right. Right, right. versus
0: like shifting it to being like, no, it's my obligation to like right. really lean in on this. I love this. that. That's awesome, yeah. Um, where I broke through is I realized that I'm not actually selling anything. I'm just asking great questions, yep. and when I had that mindset shift to becoming a great rapport builder through asking great questions, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I can ask questions. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to lead. I don't have to pitch anything. Correct. Yep. All I got to do is lead them in a direction that gets them to discover the truth for themselves. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, let me write out like what and how questions. Yeah. Because that's really what it is. When that's, you think yep. about it, if you're struggling right now yep. on any level, and you're like. God, I just don't feel comfortable like asking for somebody to like take a discount on their home or or would you be willing to do a creative finance offer or whatever that or list with me if I'm an agent, you know, like I'm better than the other agents list with me. If you're not like really confident and comfortable and have a
1: strategy, Yeah, yeah. just ask a bunch of great questions. Exactly. And ask permission to ask the questions, right? Something simple like, hey, Cody, in order for me to qualify your property for an offer, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Is that okay? Simple.
0: <laughs> and what's great about that is you get micro yeses.
1: Exactly. Micro
0: yes, you don't realize how many times those little yeses lead to a big yes. Exactly. Yeah, they you know, them. and you know, what's happening in your life to make you want to sell your house to me here today? Yeah. If, if you were able to get your cash, it, would you prefer to have it quickly, like yep. by next Friday, or would you be okay waiting... 30,
1: 60, 90 days yeah, to get exactly. a higher offer. Exactly. Which one yeah. works better for you? Yeah. And then they're, they're making the well, it, I call it the illusion, but they're making the decision. And then at the end, they're like, yeah, that sounds like it works. I yeah. Came up why, why haven't you <laughs> sold with a real estate agent yet? <laughs> then they go on this 20 minute, uh,
0: instead of me coming in the front door going, hey, selling with, to a real estate investor is a much better you yeah, know, yeah. option than selling through a real estate agent. Here's yeah, why. Here's da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. I just reverse it. Hey. Why haven't you sold with a real estate a- agent yeah. yet? How come you don't have a bunch of offers through your agent? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't want to pay commissions. No, they. You know, I don't. I've had bad experiences in the past. Whatever their story is, yeah, they're yeah. gonna now
1: sell you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I totally understand why you feel that way. Yeah, I call that uh the process of elimination, right? So they're keywords that you want to hear. Um, you know, I have time. I might fix it. My friend's a real estate agent. So what we do is then we we go that route, what you just said, and we put them through a process of elimination. We don't disqualify prospects, they eliminate themselves based on the strategic questions that you ask. That's that's the real way to do that. Yeah. I love that. And listen, guys, we
0: know that you could be anywhere in the world right now. Absolutely. But you're listening to this, right? We're, we're, we're increasing our skills and capabilities. So we're we're grateful that you're here. Yep. And if you love podcasts like this, make sure one, you subscribe, yes. right? So you're notified. Uh, whenever new podcasts drop, and also maybe share this with somebody that's maybe trying to make more sales. Yep. They want to be a better closer. This is a great episode. But we're <laughs> gonna keep going in yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper. I love this why we I have tax here. Yeah. you know. Um, let's keep going with these what and how questions because I think it, I think it's kind of fun. If you're you know, the biggest mistake new real estate investors make is just talking too much. Yeah, exactly. They talk themselves right out of a freaking deal and they always say the same shtick as everybody as else, else, which is I pay cash. I close quickly. <laughs> I can close on a day to your choice. I'm fast, friendly, flexible. I'll, clo- I'll pay
1: all the closing costs. It's like you and every other investor yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah. the planet. I, we buy 30 properties a month. We're the big dog in town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're so cool. We're better than everybody else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? So I heard a cool quote a long time ago. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. Right? Which is crazy because people don't care about max, right? When they're on the phone, they have a problem that needs to be solved, right? If they have a problem, that's the other issue too. Most people go into what I call a uh, convincing mode and not sift mode because not everybody's our prospect, right? And that's why people really get into the mode of wanting to talk so they can feel like try to convince that prospect, right? Well, we can close in 10 days. We can, you know, we can, we, we pay the most or whatever the case may be. Um, because they haven't found the problem to solve. So 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 basically they go into a convincing mode stage and we don't want to be in that at all. We don't want to be in that convincing mode. We don't convince anybody to do business with us.
0: I like how you said sift because our yeah. job really as real estate investors is to be as aggressive as we can Absolutely. on the lead gen side yeah. and the talking to people yeah, side. Yeah, as long as we're constantly talking to people, you're going to get a deal. You yeah, can yeah. kind oh, of yeah. suck yeah, like yeah, as yeah. a real estate, yeah. but you're going to fumble your way into Absolutely. a deal. Yeah but only if you get out of classroom mode. Mm-hmm. Classroom mode is where everybody who's scared, who has self-limiting beliefs, yep. who's been beat up by life, who when they were maybe signing up for this coaching program or yeah. trying to become a real estate investor, there's significant other shit on their dreams. So yeah, like, what yeah, are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Oh, you were doing MLMs last week. <laughs> now you're a real estate investor? Oh, you, were, you, were, you tried to start a business yeah. in the past. How'd that work out for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can't listen to any of that no. noise. Like, no, no. first off, you're you, if you want to get into real estate, that is the best vehicle for you to ever put energy and oh, love absolutely. into yep. to figure out how to crack the code on it. Because absolutely, the government wants us to do it. They show us by the tax benefits yeah, yeah. that they yep. give us. Yep. The cash flow is silly. That's how you break free and get out of the rat race. Yep, yep. The, the fact that you can make insane quick cash, like um, we closed four or five deals a couple of days ago yep. on Friday. Mm-hmm. I think four deals brought in almost seventy k. Yeah, it's like. Where else can you do that without taking on an insane amount of risk? Correct. With wholesaling real estate, it is probably the most, uh, it's the best vehicle to learn the real estate business. Right. It's the best avenue. Yep. It's the least amount of risk. I agree. Because you can get in and out of these deals. If you know how to structure the offer correctly, if you know how to write up your paperwork correctly, there's very little legal risk yep. or money risk. I agree. Because we're putting up you know, a small amount of earnest deposit to control these deals. Correct. Yep. Right. And if we did our job on the front end through closing really well, not manipulation, not convincing somebody that they got to sign this contract where they get seller's remorse the next morning when they wake up.
1: Yep. Because, Other people in their lives are going to, the seller is going to tell somebody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most people think that here's, that's funny that you brought that up because most people think that when they get it under contract, the calls are going to stop. The text messages, you know, are going to stop. Like that's never going to go away. They're going to tell somebody, you just said it. I love that you brought that up. Um, And that's, most people don't even know this. Like you should be having a conversation with your seller after it's contracted of what are the next steps are. Hey, Cody, what if, you know, your realtor comes in and says, well, how do you, how comfortable are you with Max? What are you going to tell them? We're coaching the seller to have these conversations because they're going to happen. Not only that, if you're wholesaling, you got to show the property. Yeah, exactly. You got to stay good friends
0: in a good relationship spot. I actually had it happen in the past Mm -hmm. where very early on in my career, I stopped communicating with the seller. I did a good job, good enough, got under contract. The close was 3 weeks out. Right. I went off to find my cash buyer. I took pictures and video and I found a cash buyer. Put it under contract. Yep. Was going to make whatever $12,000 or something like that right. on the wholesale flip. 3 weeks later we go to close. My Escrow officer calls me and goes, Cody, I don't know how to tell you this, but the property closed three days ago. Oh man. They sold it to somebody else. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like they can't <laughs> sell it to anybody else. Right. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's showing in the system as it's it's sold. Like we oh, cannot close man. this deal. Yeah. And I'm like, that's impossible. So I called up the seller and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm closing here right. in a day. Everything's lined up what it's my escrow officers telling me you sold it. They're like, well, I didn't hear from you. So I thought that the deal went sideways or something. So I sold it to somebody else. Wow. And I'm like, no, no, no. What? Somebody else came behind me, offered you more money. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Because I wasn't doing my job of staying in contact with you and explaining how the rest of the process is going to work. I lost the deal. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Sell, sue the seller? Even right. though I had a legal contract, yeah, yeah. Right, right, even right. though I could, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be big bad investor on the Channel Three News. <laughs> I right, screw that. Like yeah. so, I had to walk away and lick my wounds, yeah. and I had to call that poor cash buyer back and say, "Dude, yeah, I've, I messed up. Right, right, right. I lost the deal, which pissed. And now my buyer, now he's mad. Yeah, now he's mad. He's yeah. done. Now he's done. You know. And I, I actually had to end up selling him another deal and making zero dollars right. on the deal, and gave, just to get him back on, just to get him back on track.
1: And we went off and did more
0: deals right, eventually, right, right. but.
1: It was an expensive lesson. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think that's important to know for those of you that are watching is, you know, once you get the deal under contract, I see this mistake a lot and drop it off at escrow and then they 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 depend on escrow to be that point of contact. Like you have to realize it's not just your file they're working. It's your job to stay in, in contact with the seller. Not only coach them what the next steps are, but check in, checking in. Yeah. To not rely on the title company at all. So going back, most yeah. most new investors, they talk way too much.
0: They're spewing Absolutely. out all these benefits and they realize that there's a whole world of like these other things that are way more important than the, the, the tactical benefits, Correct. which are stranger danger. Yeah. Right. Fear of making the wrong call. Yep. Buyer-seller's remorse, fear of somebody that they know finding out and making fun of them for making the decision to to sell through a non-traditional channel. Those are almost more important to handle during the initial few calls of building a relationship with these people than the right in the front door, I pay cash, I close. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely.
0: Which goes back to becoming a great question asker.
1: Yep. Exactly. Right?
0: Do you understand how the process works?
1: Yep. What What are your other options if you don't sell your house to me? Exactly. You know, in the first five minutes of with us, and and what I'm teaching the team right now is in the first five minutes of the conversation, we're uncovering a few things that are very crucial to the process. Number one is we don't ever ask who are the who who are the decision makers. Just because decision maker implies that. It's, it's the person that's going to put ink on paper always. Uh, so typically you'll get the response like, well, I'm the only one, like I'm on title. So we change that up now and we say, hey, Cody, uh, when you go to sell this, not necessarily me, who else is going to have an input on the sale of the property, right? Mm. We want to know if there's somebody else that they confide with, who they're going to need to consult with. Um, if they happen to say no, we will actually engage and say, okay, so what I'm hearing is that when it's time to put everything in writing, sounds like you don't need to consult with anyone or confide in, any with anyone as far as the the sales goes. So we're getting commitment from the seller about that because what's worse than having a great conversation and you're moving down the line, 30 minutes into it, and then like, okay, I got to talk to my attorney. Yeah, I got to talk to my real estate agent. And it's like, so we, we're attacking that up front. And you said something really, really crucial right now. You said about, do you understand the process? The next thing that we're saying, we're saying is, hey, you know, sellers that sold us in the past wanted to know three things. Number one is how much money they're going to get, how our process works, and then when they're going to get their money. Is there anything else in there that you think that I'm missing you would like to know on the call today? So we're sending it up, up front. So not only are we finding out who's going to have an input, but we're also setting up the the, uh, the agenda for the call as well too. I love that. I'm gonna read you guys just a couple what and how questions sure. just so you guys can steal
0: them. Let's do it. Um, you know, this is just things that I give my students just to make sure that look, if you really don't know what you're doing yet, just ask some of these. Print this out, yeah. put this next to your, your, your phone. So when you're making your calls, exactly. which by the way, if you want to do very important, in this business, very important to do that, print print out your questions, have in front of you. I would have three things in front of me. Yep. I would have my what and how questions, Yep. my little script, Yep. right? Cause pros use scripts in the beginning 100%. until you internalize it 100%. and really know what you're doing. Have a script. Yep. It could be in the form of a lead intake form or it could be word for word. Sure. A lead intake form is just like a bunch of questions with blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, you can fill out the blanks through asking those questions. Or a script is literally like, it'll say, Hi, my name is Cody Sperber. <laughs> yeah. And it'll show like what voice inflections yep. you want to yep. use and all that. And that's yep. a word for word script. And we Correct. have probably 50 scripts yeah. in our learning center for yep. our students. So you have your what and how questions, your scripts, and then your overcoming objections yep. cheat sheet. Because nothing is worse than getting hit with an objection when you're new. And not knowing how to overcome it because you get anxiety. Yep. Then all of a sudden you blank out. Now you're sweating and
1: you're not and you're not even present in the conversation anymore. Absolutely. There's some uh, for for your students, especially our, our students that are new. There's a, there's the reason why most people are fearful of getting on the phones. Number one, because they have no plan. What does that mean? They don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what objections are are, are they're what they're going to overcome. Number two is that. Um, they think that they're just gonna get on the phones and no, and nothing's gonna, everything's gonna go perfect. That's absolute worst, worst thing that you can think of. But having those things in front of you, prepare you, right? The objections, the questions, the script, and there's no reason why you should not be able to get on a phone call with those three things in front of you. I love that. Um, all right, so I already rattled
0: some off, but I'll, I'll be quick. Yeah. What's happening in your life to make you want to sell your house to me here today? What are some of the biggest challenges you've been facing when trying to sell your yep. house? What else have you done to try to solve your housing challenge? Have you talked with any real estate agents or thought about selling traditionally? Why haven't you sold? Why haven't you listed and sold through a real estate agent? Has your real estate agent brought you any offers yet? Right. Yeah. What about your situation? Was you were you hoping I can help you Love with that. here today? Yep. Now, some of these, by the way, it's different. If I'm call cold calling somebody, oh yeah, no, I'm not yeah. gonna go. So, <laughs> so uh, what about your situation? Were you hoping I can help you with here today?
1: Like that would break rapport immediately. It'd be awkward. I'm glad you brought that up because most people don't understand there are three phases of a phone call. Okay, or three phases of a sales. So you have your cold calling phase, which is generating an opportunity. You should not be doing any selling when you're co calling to generate an opportunity. Generating opportunities is what it means. It's just all about qualifying people that are gonna go in your pipeline as a follow up or potentially an appointment, right? Second phase is discovery phase, right? Is this somebody that this is where you're going to come in and ask some of these questions? You should not be asking these questions when you're cold calling for sure. And then the third phase is the is the high level negotiation. This is when you're going to get into condition and this is where you're going to get into, you know, uncovering what the seller wants or uh, needs versus what the seller actually wants. Because there's mm-hmm. a big difference on that. We'll, we'll get into that some other day, maybe. But most people just convolute and put everything together and that's why a lot of the calls don't go well. And this is what I tell even our team members and, and a lot of students, you know, across the country, like you have to com- com- compartmentalize or how do you say that word? Compartmentalize, right? Mm-hmm. So cold calling, don't be doing any selling. Then the second phase is discovery. Third phase is negotiations and, and uh, discovering how much the seller wants versus what they need. Yeah. I love that. And by the way, we're
0: hiring in our office Absolutely. right now. If you want to come work directly with us and you're, you kind of have that killer instinct inside you, you know you want more, you know you're willing to put in the work, you're a hard worker. Yep. We're not looking for lazy people. We're not work, looking for anybody negative in any way, shape, or form. And Absolutely. If, if you're listening to this and you want to relocate to Tempe, Arizona, or you already live in Arizona, we want you to potentially yeah. work with us. It has to be a good fit. Just go to workwithcody.com and uh, there'll be a little link. You're going to, or a little uh, website that you fill out some information. It's, um, like a a form and really make sure you take the time to fill that out. Think about the questions. Think about what we're asking you. There's a reason we're asking you very specifically those particular questions. It's going to give us some insight on whether or not you're the right fit for our team. But at any point in time, we probably are going to have two or three spots available for closers. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. For closers.
0: We want people that want to make a lot of money. Like Like I said, we got a lot of leads. Oh yeah. We got crazy leads right now. We're we're very lucky on the lead gen side of things because of our brands and our partnerships with with certain lead gen companies, our ability to generate leads, using artificial intelligence, just some of the cool tactics and strategies we're implementing on our side. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double-digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. Because we make so much money in real estate in so many different ways. I mean, our wholesaling business is one little aspect of my world, right? Our developments are going on. We're doing residential developments, commercial developments. We own tons of multifamily, tons of Airbnb. We're in all 50 states. Like We're we're gunning in all different areas. The the four deals we closed uh, just last Friday were in all different states. Yeah. Right. All so we're states, all over, yeah. mainly focused on like Sunbelt states and, yeah. and where a lot of the cash buyer activity is. Yeah. But if you want to work with us, um, just go to workwithcody.com
1: and fill out the application. See if you're a good fit. I want to add something to that. The reason why we're we're making this um this qualification process very strict because we're creating a culture that you're gonna come into and not just learn to make phone calls. You're not that's not where we're that's what we're doing here. We're looking to create People that, you know, that's what we want, people that are coachable, people that are, that are wanting to learn, people that are going to put their ego aside. That's one of the things that that ruins a lot of potential is the ego, because we're creating a culture. To uh, to have um, to elevate high performers, right? We want to elevate them not only in their in their position, their like what they're doing here with us, but all around. Like we're constantly like someone's eating a, a bagel or some or not a bagel, but someone's eating a muffin. We're like on them. We're like uh, my guy Ryan. I don't know if you met Ryan Overcash. I mean he's fit he's fit as a fiddle. But what are you eating? Like we're creating this culture of pushing and elevating everyone uh, to the top. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. There is a direct connection between
0: your health, your physical fitness, your daily routines, and your sales
1: production. Absolutely.
0: You want to make more money as a real closer, you better get all the other shit in order. When I look at somebody and they're just a sloppy mess and they're not trying to better themselves, I'm not saying you got to be chiseled like a Greek God. I'm just saying you got to be working towards it. Working towards it, yeah. And if that's your mindset is that every day I'm willing to do the hard things and, and put in the work and sacrifice my sleep and sacrifice some free time and And go do the hard things in life because that's the kind of person I want to be on the other end is I want to be ripped rich and rare. I want to dominate. I want to set a standard. I want everybody else on that team to know that I'm the baddest motherfucker in this room. And I feel that way. Like when I walk into a room I don't care who's in it. You could right. be the coolest influencer on Instagram. And I promise you, when I walk into the room, I'm going to change the motherfucking weather. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just how I roll. <laughs> like, I know already, like, this environment isn't changing me. Yeah, if,
1: yeah, I, yeah. if I'm going to light it up, everybody's going to look over and be like, yeah, yeah. What's up with that yeah, guy? Who's that dude? Like, that,
0: guy, that guy just, he's confident.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. And that's the environment we're creating, right? And it's yeah. just going to keep getting better and better. And I messaged you a, long, a while back, I think when we first started, like, I want to create an environment where people are actually going to leave other people operations and or or move from other states to work here because not only not just to jump on the phones, you can get any job and jump on the phones, but because of the culture that we're creating.
0: Yeah. And and you're going to have proximity. Just, just that kill a bunch of other killers that are all working in alignment to dominate next to you, which will raise your enthusiasm and intention. If you are flat broke and you cannot actually be in a sales position because you need the security blanket of a paycheck this is not a good position for you, by the way. No. Right. You gotta right.
1: you gotta be able to like That's why put the in the work. One of the questions on the job form specifically asked about that. Yeah.
0: I'm right, just putting that out there. We can move on past yeah, yeah, sure. past that. Um, so all right, so here's some other questions. Uh, how would selling to me affect your family? Right. Open up some emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. What's your backup plan if you can't find a buyer for your property quickly? Where do you plan on moving once you sell this house to me and get some money? All right. By the way, there was some wordsmithing in there. Uh, when you sell your house to me. Yeah, exactly. Right? We're just framing. <laughs> okay. Are you at a place emotionally that if you received a fair offer and you got the the cash quickly, that you're ready to okay an agreement? And you can even add okay an agreement here today. If you really want to put the pressure I love on that. it. How committed are you to getting this done quickly? What's more important to you, price or terms? How would you like me to proceed? What are our next steps? How would you, uh, what would you need um, for me to, uh, what would you need to see in order to make this work? Is there anything else that you want uh, me to tell you so you can better, I I can better understand your needs? Those are like Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, and then here's a bonus question. I use this all the time. Um, If they ever challenge me with anything, I always say, well, how do you expect me to do that?
1: I love that, especially, you know, where that question is really great, works really great is when someone, you know, is looking to go to, you know, sell the, sell in the way of a convenience of a cash offer but they want to they expect the amount of going on the market right so we lay that out and it's like how are we how how am i supposed to do that help me out here that works really well there (laughs)
0: Yeah. Especially when they're like, uh, yeah, my house is worth $350,000. Like, okay, show me. How did (laughs) you come up with that
1: number? Exactly.
0: Oh, I talked to my cousin. She's a real estate agent.
1: Okay. So uh, did you hire her to sell your house? No. uh, (laughs) I like to assume like when she brought you the buyer to make you that offer at that amount, did they put that in writing? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's even better.
0: when 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 she told you that it was worth three hundred k, and she brought you that that offer,
1: yeah. was it in writing? Was it in writing? Oh, that's yeah. so good. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, I'm confused. We used to actually that helped us out a lot with Open Door and Zillow when they were doing that. So, like, we had we would have sellers say, "Well, Open Door said they can offer me this." Okay, great. So when Open Door came out, did the inspection, did the whole walkthrough? That's what the number. That's the final number they put for you on on, on in writing crickets.
0: Reep, reep, reep. Yeah, yeah,
1: every <laughs> single time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. And until they hang up on me or block my number, right? everything that comes out of their mouth is just a buying question yeah. or a selling question. Exa- exactly. It's just another little objection that yep. we got to overcome. And if this is the difference between real closers and everybody else yeah, absolutely. is that you, you, you don't get panicky. You don't, shut down you don't run the other
1: direction no nope. and and if and you don't end the call you could end the cell like you can get to the no but you don't end the call you don't ever don't ever be the first person that hangs up okay i like that that's that's good mindset yeah um all right let's talk about some some different strategies and tactics
0: maybe um what if how important it is to identify personality types
1: huge Huge, because I can't talk to Cody the way I would talk to, you know, let's say a grandma, right? That's more steady. Like I have to be able to know, or even, you know, because obviously we're talking about the disc profile, right? We're talking about, you know, someone that could be a driver versus someone that's a calculator, more analytical. You have to present a little bit more facts, uh, drivers, what happens usually, like I would consider myself a driver, driver influencer. Cause we usually have about two, two, we, mm-hmm. you know, we blend in two, but mostly lean on the driver side. So we have to be careful and we have to learn that. Do we have to become psychologists? Absolutely not. Um, but we have to at least know the basics of, you know, personality types. So that way we can adjust our approach based on how, you know, how that person is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you
0: think about it, like how much of the way we communicate yeah. it, like only 7% of the way we communicate words. Is, is words. Yeah, exactly. 55% is physiology. Body
1: language, yeah. yeah.
0: Body language. And when you're on the phones, we're inferring body language through the phone. Oh, like it, yeah. In- so
1: so it increases. So your your tonality becomes your body language over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. 38% is tone of voice. Yep. 55% is physiology, 7% Correct. is words. That's if you're in person though. Yeah. When you're over the phone, that changes. Like the tonality now becomes your body language. So it's important. So one of the one of the frameworks of our conversation. Uh, or the sorry, the way we approach the call is we always start, and this is the mistake I see a lot of people make. They call people. I have Cody's information. I have his phone number, and they start off with, "Hi, I'm looking for Cody," or "I'm trying to reach Cody." I, we, I so I tell my team, "Do not." That's not the way we start the calls. We assume the relationship, and we say, "Hello, Cody." We do it in a firm tonality until we until we can see what's coming back on the other side. Then we make the adjustments. Our tonality is it going to be a higher pitch inflection or a downward tonality based on how you respond toward that, toward that pattern interrupt. Cause that's what it is, right? Our call is a pattern interrupt unless we have something scheduled. But we have to insert conf- I have to insert confidence in Cody. I can't start the call very wishy washy and uncertain because Cody's going to be like, this is not confident. <laughs> like you've lost total confidence. You've, you've lost total confidence in the prospect. So it's our job to instill confidence in them. And then we have to now start to activate our listening skills to figure out what is coming on the other side. Because I'm not going to talk to Cody like if it was someone like a grandma or somebody that's a lot more slower talker on the other end.
0: Yeah, and if you don't, because you you brought up pace and tonality. Correct. Right? The, this is especially crucially important on the phones because if you do get a grandma... Mm-hmm. Or a good old boy from Texas. <laughs> yeah. And Cody yeah. is the one making the calls. And I'm a driver by nature. And I talk fast. And I'm excited about what I'm doing. And I maybe just drank my morning cup of coffee or took my <laughs> surge or whatever. And I'm all fired up. And grandma answers. And I'm spitting off yeah. you know, game at her. It's gonna break rapport almost immediately. Absolutely. Our only job on the first phone call is not to negotiate, it's just to build some rapport. Exactly. Just a fact finding mission, like you said, sorting. Yeah. We're professional sorters. And hey, we get to a place where we build a little rapport, some connection. We find out if they're willing to sell. Yeah. What that what we kind of get a gauge on their time frame of whether they're willing to sell. We're always I trying to identify. There's two things you need to do a wholesale transaction. It's mandatory. Yeah. Now, there's other types of creative deal structuring we can do without these two things, but you need two things if you're going to do a pure wholesale transaction. And you need motivation. Yeah. And you need equity. Equity, yep. If they don't have the ability to take a discounted price because they owe more than the house is correct. worth, then you're screwed. You're not going to do a pure wholesale deal. And if they don't have any pain, housing pain or financial pain, correct, they're not going to do a wholesale deal. Yeah, absolutely. And so our first few phone calls is just build a little relationship, yeah. see if they're, where the pain level is. We're trying to find those hot buttons. And they're, trust me, they're, their job is not to tell you. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're right. not going to lay down, take
1: my house. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to be like,
0: oh, you have no idea how bad last night was. I just got out of jail. My car is impounded. Can you help me? Yeah. Like no. that's very rare. That's not good. Yeah.
1: And so. And even if you have someone like that, you got to, we have this theory. I have, uh, I learned this, uh, the pendulum theory. Cause that's, that's a motivated seller, right? And they're, they're basically moving really fast. We got to pull them back, right? Cause they're at the sold stage. We got to pull them back, you know, two notches back. Cause sold stage is three o'clock. So we got to pull them back to like about the five o'clock because if they make the decision too quick, they're going to ghost you. You're going to see that sign that says red, but never signed. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: it's just moving too fast and they haven't built a relationship exactly. with you. They don't have that confidence and it only takes
1: one little thing to knock that whole Absolutely. thing off. But going back to the point of the conversation you were bringing up, trying to, trying to uncover, you know, what, building a little bit of report. There's actually, for those of you that are listening and maybe you're like, man, well, how do I know? Or what do I do? I always tell people gauge the conversation by these three keys. So number one, is there, is there cooperation from the seller when you're talking to them? Are they answering your questions? Now, are they? and then is there engagement? Are they engaged with you, right? Because they can answer the questions, but they can answer them very wishy-washy. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. one word answers. Yeah, one word answers, right? So we gotta we gotta make sure that there's engagement. And then is it reciprocal? Are we having a dialogue or is it or is it more of an investigation or you know, like a investigation going on here? Yeah, so you're interrogating three, them yeah, interrogating, I mean just, interrogation, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I get what you were saying, yeah, they're just so answering bare minimums. So if you're new, Use those three things to measure the phone call, the conversation. If you're getting two of them, you're winning. I love also get three. Yeah. I love that. And
0: do some basic understanding or have a basic understanding of their personality type. Yeah, because absolutely. if I'm talking to grandma and I'm rapid firing, I'm breaking rapport. I need to identify and slow my pace down. Mm-hmm. If their tonality is really kind of calm and chill, I got to lower exactly. my tonality. There's a there's a matching, a, a matching and mirroring thing that ha- needs to happen yep. in order for them not to go crazy. Yeah, and be like, this person just book- rubbing me the wrong way, and I don't know why.
1: Yeah, because absolutely.
0: You're a driver, or I'm a driver, and you're amiable, and I'm not letting you be amiable. Exactly. Yeah,
1: you're trying to get them up to you. Yeah, yeah. The best book that I've that I've actually uh, bought. To to learn how to you know mirror and match and tonality is actually never split the difference, but you have to get an audiobook, the audiobook version. Yeah, Chris now, Voss
0: is fantastic. It's absolutely. one of my favorite negotiation books ever. Absolutely, yeah, it's so good. Now
1: it's not Chris Voss actually uh, narrating the book, but the guy that actually narrates the book, he does a phenomenal job. Like the 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 pitch and the, and, and, the, and the cadence The like, late night yeah the late night FM DJ voice how am I supposed to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. how would you like me to proceed yeah. I must have upset you
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you you start calling out all your own exactly your own things yeah, fall back <laughs> yeah uh, and we, let's talk about some of those so sure. we talked a little about pace and tonality sometimes if I get like a hardcore driver. Sure. One of the first things I do when I realize they're trying to overpower me for yeah. control, I just do a hardcore takeaway. Yeah, I pull back and I, I just that. say, listen, we're, I could already tell by talking with you, we're probably not a good fit for yep. each other. That's right. like I'm taken away, you know, when I am a good fit for people, like I typically can pay top dollar and close quickly. And it's it it becomes a great back and forth, a good relationship. But it just feels like right now you just want to like punch me around a little bit and then get off. Well, that's what they want
1: to do. I was going to say, you know why that is, because this is what they want.
0: Yeah, you know, so if you're, if you're looking for me, just be a punching bag. I'm probably not a good fit for you. I'm looking to actually work with sellers that are serious about getting a top dollar cash offer quickly. I love that. And just kind of do a takeaway. Yeah, 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 and you oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm not trying to punch you. Like I'm now, sorry.
1: I've had I've had drivers actually apologize to me. And and here's off. the best thing. <laughs> when
0: you crack a Mr. or Mrs. Know-it-All or a driver, somebody oh, yeah. that needs to be in control and you crack them.
1: Absolutely. They
0: are the easiest lay yeah, down. they are. They, they are the best yeah. sales. Every single one. First off, I, I know that I'm a closer, because I'm a buyer. Yeah,
1: because you're a buyer.
0: Oh, dude, I'm that guy in every <laughs> seminar. As soon as another good closer is like up on stage, I'm throwing my credit card at them. I'm like, ah, yeah, just, I'll buy your well, shit. But
1: that's the, that's the, that's the whole uh um, that's the thing, right? With drivers is they make decisions so fast that the first initial if there's no trust yet in in the in the relationship, like the guard's really high because of that. Because we I'm a driver, like I'm the same way. Like if I if I want to do something, I'm just gonna do it or buy something, I am just going to do it, even though I'm a closer myself, but I make decisions that way too. <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing with drivers is their, their number one fear is the person that they're talking to is going to take advantage of them because of the reason that they take, uh, they make decisions really fast. So
0: what are some other good techniques? Um, how about a reversal? Yeah. Softening and reversing statements. I, I like yeah. reversals because, yeah. you know, sometimes somebody will hit me with something like, yeah. I don't want to sell at a discount. In a media, I go, you probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Nobody said that that's something that you should do. You know, not a, th- dad. I mean, I like uh, you know when they say, hey, well, I know that you're, you know, you're you're an investor. Some of those low ball offers. You're one of those guys who gives low low ball offers. Okay, no, and that's fair. I, I get what you're saying when you say low ball offer. What do you mean by that? I want to get their understanding of what they're trying to say because here's the problem too. I love softening and reversing. You brought that up because even in, in, a, in not, not in a situation that I just described right now, but when people make statements and ask questions, people tend to really reply to the statements like they're questions or answer the questions right away when they have no idea what the intention is behind. And so softening and reverses actually mm. help with that to get more clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times you find out it's not even a, that big it's of an not, objection. Yeah. It's not that big of an objection, and, yeah. but you got to ask them to clarify. That's one of the six keys. So I have a, so in Bonnie and Report, the, they have six keys that I go base off of. And then one of them is that get clarity. You have to get clarity. You can't just assume and run with whatever the prospect is telling you. Yeah. Guys,
0: can you imagine if you had this level of sales training <laughs> just every day? and you were working with us, and we were just grinding it out on the phone. Our team's phones, loving it, yeah. And we're banging that <laughs> that button and ringing that bell all the time. Another one under contract, <laughs> another one under contract. We are driving right now so aggressively yeah, towards 150 closed deals in a 12-month period. It's We're going to do it. It's going to oh, happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. And it's, it's cool to watch the performance of the other people that were maybe average right. or performing average yeah. all of a sudden becoming top performers. Why does that happen? Well, that happens because they have the right coaching, yeah. the right leadership is there, yep. and now they're in an environment where that competition is pushing them so Absolutely. much harder. I'm watching across the desk Brooke get her third deal this week, and I'm yeah. like,
1: "What the fuck? Fuck
0: <laughs> this! I'm the, I, I should be the one ringing the bell, right? Like yeah. I should be the one yeah. counting my future." Yeah. commission checks coming in. And, yeah. and instead I'm sitting here getting frustrated and stuff like you got the wrong mindset. You're coming across desperate. You're not showing up. You're not banging yeah. the, the phones hard enough. No wonder you're not winning. She's whipping, you're whipping your ass because she's showing up and putting in the Absolutely. extra
1: work. So we had a guy, uh, uh, chase was become this silent killer all of a sudden out of nowhere. And so he didn't come in yesterday, had some problems, uh, but he had a, you know, he worked from home and, uh, we got him on a call because we're moving a deal. This is the environment that you have to, you have to create this environment. It doesn't just happen. He calls, he's talking to one of our Dispo managers because they're selling one of his deals. And I go over there and I say, is that Chase? I said, Chase, because you're not here, Josh, our new guy is actually drinking your milkshake, bro. And not only is he gonna drink your milkshake, he's gonna steal the whole cow. <laughs> and he's like, you can hear him, you can hear him through the speaker just yapping, oh, wait till I get back, watch <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That spirit of competitiveness, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. really. And it's funny, so many times people shortchange their potential. Yeah, they do. Because they are not with the right team in the right environment. And it's like you take an average person and turn them into a top performer with just a few tweaks. Yeah. You can be one of the biggest money making closers out of any of your
1: friends with just a couple of core ingredients? You know, I learned. Uh, so years ago, we used to use, maybe two years ago, we were heavy on using the predictive index. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So it's kind of like Mm-mm. a personality test. Okay. And we were higher and, and and really hardcore based off the predictive index. And it tells you, you know, if you're like, a, it's almost like a disc test, but it's a sure. little more thorough. So we were always looking for a specific personality, which is called the maverick personality. Like this is the guy that's totally driver and, Running 100 miles an hour, and what we found out is that um, a lot of those guys, even though they'll they'll do close deals like right away because of their style and, and the way they, you know, the way they're so aggressive, but then 30 days later to 45 days later, they become culture vultures, right? Mm. And so they start to, you know, be a little bit of a cancer in the culture. So what we did is we analyzed, you know, and this is when this was actually what Sandler t- taught us. Like we didn't need to have that type of personality. We just needed someone that was coachable. That can follow a process, that can follow a framework, and put their ego aside, and they would flourish. And we started to see that, so we threw that predictive index out, and would give people an opportunity that that basically fit under those four things. And that's why you're seeing this. You know, someone that could have been that, someone that you saw that was at the low end of the ta- table, you know, with deals, all he did is tweak some stuff, and now they're stepping up and being high performers. it's, it's not all about the rah rah. It's not all about you got to have this aggressive dude. Like we just need somebody to follow a process that is coachable and that puts their ego aside and they're going to thrive.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I feel like, you know, like, especially right now where the market is heading, if you're trying to do things on your own, it's just so much harder. It's so much better to be part of a team. Absolutely. The accountability and the energy is just, you're going to get the best out of yourself. What are some things that you do on a daily basis that just kind of get you, you personally, just from a habit standpoint, that get you in the right mindset to go to work and just dominate?
1: Man, so I have a very straight morning routine. I've had it for a long time. Um, this comes back from the things that I used to before, but I'm always... So something I learned, we had a Navy SEAL guy three years ago come in and train us and very eye-opening because I was a person, I was absorbing everything, reading every book, watching every YouTube video, listening to every podcast. And what he said was, um, he would ask this question like, "What, uh, what are you reading right now? Or what are you watching right now? And he said, what have you done in those, like of what you watch or read, what have you done? And like, well, I haven't done any of that. I just like to read it. He's like, well, you're not really educating yourself. You're only entertaining yourself. And I was like, very eye-opening for me. So I'm very even intentional with what I read and what I listen to as well. So I'm I'm up at 4 a.m. every single day. Up at 4 a.m., um, do some meditation, prayer. And then you see me, right? I tag you. I'm like, I hope he doesn't get bothered by me tagging him on all this stuff. <laughs> no, I love it, dude. You're, yeah, so. you're showing up. Yeah, of course. And so that's always been a habit of mine is uh, self, you know, uh, Jim Rohn, which you know who he is, right? Uh, One of my mentors first, my like very first mentor said this, uh, rarely does income ever surpass self-development, right? Almost never. And so even though you get to the stage, most people think that it's hard when you're starting. But as you start to go different levels, kind of, and I equate this to the Mario Brothers game, right? You remember Mario Brothers, like level 10 was super hard. You got the steel doors and all that. Well that's the where that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm elevating other levels, and it gets really harder because the demand of for you to perform is even more higher. So I need to do my morning routine. I'm very strict with that. Um, always working in uh, you know, with uh, if, if there's something that I need to work on, I'll pull a book out. I got a whole library of books. Um, and then obviously, you know, I go to the gym three, four times a week um and try to eat my best, always trying to reorganize, but yeah, very strict with. The mindset stuff, continuously growing, yeah, shifting. Yeah. What are some of your favorite books? Um, so right now, I'm currently reading uh, what's called uh, uh, "Leaders Eat Last." I love that book. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's a great book. And then the other one that I'm reading because of what I'm doing here is I think I shared with you. It's called "Sales Boss." Just kind of going over again. Uh, talks about the uh, you know the sacred rhythms and coaching and all that. I just hadn't pulled it out in a long time, so. Yeah. Um, the leader, the, the that one, the reason why I like leadership books is because people think that leadership is being over someone. Right. And I think the mistake is like, you got to have leadership skills, even in your own life. Like, how do you, you said this earlier, right? Like, how can you control or how can you be excelling in other areas? Um, when you're not even being a leader in your own in your own life and in the own things that you're doing, so that's very important to me. And I love leadership books. Like I've read Jockwell's book, Extreme Leadership, uh, Extreme Leadership, and or no, the, the Academy of Leadership. Excuse me, it's Extreme Ownership's the other book. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's great. Uh, another great book is uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World.
0: Oh yeah, 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 Og Mandino. Yeah, yeah, f- I read that once a year. Okay, every year I read that book. I've been reading that book for. I mean, nice. It's a great book. Um. Okay. Well, look, here's my thing with, once you have a, the, the ability to close, you can apply that towards so many other areas of your life. And it drives me crazy when people are like, I'm just not a salesperson. It's like, no, 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 no. What you're telling me is that you don't love what you're doing exactly. so much. And you don't believe that it's your obligation yeah. to share it with others. I'm coaching, uh, I'm, I don't want to say who it is, but right. phenomenal phenomenal real estate investor, Uh, very super high level. Yep. Um, One of the best in the world at multifamily. I don't even want to say what gender. They, they (laughs) are. That's good enough, Yeah, yeah. For nowadays, they, (laughs) they are starting to really get into education. Sure. And they are hosting their first event. Nice. And we had this long conversation because I said when they come to the event, because they're, they're, about 60 people paid 10 grand to come to this event. And I said, congratulations, that's massive. That is, You have done such a good job building your personal brand. You've done such a good job proving to the world that you are the authority in this space that you had 60 people pay 10 Gs off of a few posts to come and see you for two or three days and learn from you. That's amazing. That's because you're the best. And I believe that you're the best. That's why- they are one of my mentors. And they said, I, or I said, what are you going to do with them once you're done with the event? Like, where do you lead them next? And they were like, well, I'm not, I, I don't have anything. And I'm like, what are you th- what are you <laughs> telling me here right now? Like, you're not going to support, s- sell them into something else. No, no. I just want them to get educated and that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, so let me just get this straight. You don't believe that you're the best in the world to guide them for the next year and navigate them through the changing market and and guide them toward... No, no, no. I do believe that. so But you're going to let other people in the industry take them after you train them a little bit and take them and do deals with them and take them and bring them to their events and take them and get them into their coaching programs and all. You're just not going to do anything? No. I I don't want to feel like I'm selling them anything. Right. I'm like, you got the wrong mindset. Yeah, that is... This is your obligation. Yeah. You are the best in the world. If you believe that you're the best and, and that they need you, then it's your obligation to sell them. Yeah. And, and instead of selling them, let's call it enrolling them. Let's enroll them into working with you for the next 12 months. So that way they get the results they're looking for. I love don't that. let a single person leave this event without enrolling into your next step of your program. I love that. And they were like, I never thought of it like that. I just don't want to be a cheesy salesperson. I'm like, <laughs> well, you're making it awkward. You're not you're making it awkward by doing this apologetic weird non-sale bullshit. Like yeah. get your head on, show up to this event, dominate. Yeah. You know you're going to deliver way more value than that they they're ever going to pay you for. You're going to give them millions of dollars worth of game. Show up and, and act like you're the best. I love it. And they were like, "Okay, I'm going to I I might do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to do that." I said, "Listen, when you're done being a little bitch, and you get on wake up on the right side of the bed, call me back, and we'll come up with a strategy to actually enroll these people into something else. I think they're going to do it, and I, <laughs> I think they, they should do it, and I think it's your obligation. People are like, "I've sold a hundred million dollars' worth of education so far." Well, well over a hundred million. That blows my mind every time I hear that, man. You see me on video and I lean in. I'm just like, boom, we're doing this. And I come from like 30 different angles and I got a whole thing because (laughs) I believe with all of me. I love it. This is my, this isn't an option. Yeah. This is an obligation. I love it. And when you attack life like that, I believe that with my health. I believe that with my spiritual side. I believe that with my relationship, being the best father on planet earth. This is my obligation. Yeah. I don't have any other choices, and when you show up in life with that much intention and enthusiasm, people enroll themselves. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they. Uh,
1: it's called the uh, they, they gravitate, they gravitate to the energy. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. yes. I posted
1: this on my on my Instagram probably last week, and I put a picture of my grandma who passed away probably in twenty. Uh, I think it was twenty seventeen, and I post and I asked the question: Is like if you're not taking your success personal, right? Whatever that is, success, make it. Uh, and, or trying to be that miracle for your family, like what are you even doing it for, right? And I love that you're bringing this up because a lot of people don't think that way. That does, like, that's what drives me. Like, I take what I do. I'm very intentional. I know I deserve it. I've worked for it. I've been in the trenches. I've I've done everything that I that I that I know done it right, right. So every door that opens up for me, I know that I'm walking into it, and 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 I'm not only walking into it. I'm gonna dominate it. I'm not I'm not just half stepping in or winging it, right? And so that's what I asked that question, like. If you're not taking it personal, what the hell are you doing it for? What are you even in half-stepping in this game? It always blows my mind how people think. like, Because this stuff's not easy, man. Like, Why even half-step it? Waste your time.
0: Yeah, and that includes with eating like shit yeah. and, and partying hard and um, hanging around with losers yeah. and all this stuff. I'm like, no wonder you're not successful. Look at your environment. Look at your inputs. Your inputs are so jacked. If you want this ma- magical output, but your inputs suck. Yep. Inputs determine your output. Exactly. Can't
1: that's make why, withdrawals. That's why not-
0: the second you're up and you tag me into, I'm like responding almost immediately. Yeah. You know why? Because winners get up before their alarm clock. Exactly. I'm up already, baby. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm so excited about what I'm yeah. going to do that day. I love that too, man. That motivates me because I'm like, man, this you've been doing it for a long time, longer than me. And I'm like, you're still up getting it. Hell yeah. Like- <laughs> I can't even, I
0: mean, I don't get me wrong. I want to sleep well. And yeah, I think a healthy night's sleep is yeah, important, yeah, but my goals and my dreams are driving me forward. I don't need anybody to pull me up a mountain. Yeah, me either. Like I don't feel that way at all. I'm like, get the fuck out of my way! Yeah, I'm yeah. charging up this hill, and, and because I do believe it's my obligation to bring everybody with me. <laughs> so, who wants to go? Like, we're going I up, do. Let's go. So we're going up this damn hill, and you know what? Winners win together. Uh, there's a lot of room too up there.
1: Yeah,
0: I it's love cool. It. And and here's what else is kind of fun as you move up different layers of success: the hate, the negativity, the the oh, yeah. the the undermining stuff. Like when I got around people that were just starting to make money, there was still a lot of that like real housewife shit.
1: Who's
0: who's got a bigger dick? (laughs) And it's like... It's like, shut the front door. Like, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not thinking like that. I'm not, you know how many people that are way more successful than me. Like, right, you gotta yeah. be humble. Well, that's
1: the funny thing, because you don't you look at billionaires and they're they don't even like do oh, like, They're the in convers- jeans and a yeah. pickup truck. Well, I mean, not only that, but they're not measuring, you know, I mean, like you like you're just talking about. They
0: I've they measure, but in different ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. They
1: just <laughs> they just like the fact that they own a couple of <laughs> islands and that somebody
0: wrote an article about it, you yeah. know. But at the same time, you do get to a level at a certain point where all the negative bullshit goes away right and it's a great place i'm there right now like my friend group we've done such a good job eliminating the negative like kind of bozos yeah that don't add value don't show up with the servant's mindset and like every room i come in my first thing is like how do i serve all these people yeah of course right away i'm like just trying to show value with no expectation of anything in return, other than I'm here. To, yeah, I'm that. here to play and I'm here to serve. That's great. That's I love that because that you got a ser- uh, servant's heart. So yeah. and it always pays off. It I'm does. telling you, if you yeah. if you do that, yeah, it does. And what's funny is I'm around people that sold their business for 250 million. It starts normalizing. Yeah. Now I'm like God. I used to think 250 million was a lot of money. Like, yeah. this guy did it. Yeah. He's my homie. Like we're <laughs> homies. Like I could do this if he could do it. Right. I could. Do it. Yeah. I'm just in the wrong vehicle. Yeah. And we see people work their whole entire lives in the wrong vehicle and they're really talented and they're very hardworking, but they can never get ahead because they're in the wrong vehicle. But when you're in the real estate vehicle,
1: you can do it. Yeah, you can.
0: When you're in the entrepreneurship vehicle, you can do it. And uh, the number one skill set, I would say for any new entrepreneur or any real estate investor, the number one is sales, persuasion, and influence. Without you se- that,
1: you cannot do the rest. The re- you can hire the rest of the business. I don't think you can separate um, sales from entrepreneurship. What is entrepreneurship? It's solving problems, right? How do you solve problems? Skill set, tool set. What is the skill set? It's sales. So there's no way you can say you're an entrepreneur but you hate sales. Now you might not be involved in the day to day, like the phone calls and all that, but you cannot separate entrepreneurship from sales. I love that. That's the energy, baby. We want to be closers
0: through and through. Um, work with Cody.com if you think so, you have what it takes to come and work with us. And uh, it's a great way to learn. But uh, I will say this though: you better be a loyal motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Nothing irritates me more than us pouring into somebody and them just using and abusing and then oh, taking yeah. off so, and trying to compete with us. That is the fastest way to oh, burn yeah, a bridge.
1: Absolutely. That's why uh, not only is the questionnaire it's supposed to be difficult as supposed to be. But when I call you, I'm going to blank ask you that I need at least 12-month commitment. If you're not here for at least to stay for 12 months or more, then don't apply. Get the fuck out exactly. of here with that shit. <laughs> no, we want loyal
0: people. Yeah. But, and a lot of my people, you guys, you know, if you look at my team, they've been with me seven years, eight years, 12 years, 15 awesome. years. Like, I don't have a lot of turnover yeah, yeah. because I give people the path. I'm like, look, you want to, you want to, if you show up and you show me, I even, I'm even starting to do it with you. Yeah, you. If are. you yeah. show me that you're a player, I will show you the path towards financial freedom. Uh, over time, we will win together in a much bigger way than if we were. I didn't yeah, yeah. have you, and you didn't have me. I cannot do this business without you here showing up with the energy. I was, I mean, we were failing. Yeah. It was average at best, and we couldn't get it back on track, so we needed some yeah. some new energy. So. How it works. We're here, One plus one equals 11, baby. Let's go. All right, listen. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We made it an hour and five minutes talking about closing and being a closer. So hopefully you got some value out of this. If you did, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, share it with some friends. And by the way, do me a favor. Go and review this podcast. Do that for me right now. So many people will do a negative review online when something pisses them off, but very few people take the time to go do a five-star positive review. It helps us uh, in a major way. I can't tell you that we do all this for free just because we want to add value to we you just and gave your a life. Seminar today. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That was, that was really good. Um, all you got to do is share it and, and, and just show a little bit of love back with maybe some positive reviews. Okay. We're out of here until next time. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you. Can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is, I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna to wanna to do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe. Today, we have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're gonna love to learn from and get to know. So what you wanna do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.